Welcome to Mordant Matriarch. I am Kim, and I'm the Matriarch Extraordinaire. I um, wanted to start out today's podcast by saying today is my 19th wedding anniversary. I have managed to not kill my husband in 19 years, and that's something to celebrate for sure. I know it's been a while since I've thrown a podcast out there. We've had some major crises going on in our lives. I don't know if I've touched on that before, but uh, it hasn't really been an opportune time for me to sit down and record. But I decided today that I was going to make time to do it because I want to talk about relationships. Of course, this won't be typical format. I think I'm probably going to step away from the original format and just go with some conversation and see where we go. So 19 years ago, I married my best friend. He was my best friend at the time. I was young and in love and it was wonderful. And it was all angels with harps and rainbows and stars and all of that garbage. And I had no idea how hard marriage was going to be. I mean, we had a great time the first year. We were still having a blast with each other, doing whatever. You know, whatever we wanted to do. We had a little one at home, but, you know, we still were, we were young. We did stuff. And then the second baby came, and it got harder because now I had two children to pay attention to, and I was getting a bit older, and I decided that maybe not having as much fun as we used to was the way I needed to go. So he was working all the time. And I was miserable at home because I didn't want to talk to anybody anymore. I went, you know, my depression hit me really, really hard. Dealing with a special needs kid and an infant was just overwhelming. So essentially we moved back to the area where my family is so I could have some help and blah, 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 blah. But we have been through so much crap over the last 22 years. Today is my wedding anniversary, and three days is the anniversary of our first date 22 years ago. So we've been around the block a little bit. But we had gone through so much shit that I had no idea marriages would go through. You know, I lost my dad when I was 12. My mom never remarried, which was fine with me because I sabotaged every boyfriend she ever saw just because I was a bitch um, at 15. And so I didn't have marriage modeled for me after 12 years old. And before 12, do you even really notice that your parents are married? I mean, you know you have a mom, you know you have a dad. But, you know, beyond that, what is it? So I didn't have a marriage model to build from. And my husband's marriage model was very different from my lifestyle because his parents were a bit older than mine and they have been married forever. I'm not even sure how long at this point. And they were a very, they be, I shouldn't say they were very, they became a very traditional 50s type couple where he went out and earned a living and she stayed home and took care of the kids and things. But that came about out of necessity because she came down with an illness and had to stop working as a, as a physical therapist. So 
he came up in, in a marriage that was much different than my personality because I was raised by a single mother. I was raised, you do everything for yourself because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when the person that you rely on in your life is going to go away. I mean, it, it could either be an accidental death or it could be a divorce or whatever. You just need to know that you can do it on your own. And, uh, you know, we dated for three years before we got married. We pretty much moved in together maybe, I don't know, three weeks after we started dating, which is kind of ironic. Um, but I'll talk about that another time. So I had no idea walking into a marriage what it was going to be like. And he wanted me to stay home with the kids. And at that point, I still wanted to work. Um, and I, I didn't enjoy working. But I felt like I still had to provide for myself because that's what I was raised to do. That was what women did. Independent, strong, opinionated, you know, you always looking out for yourself. And here I am, I stepped into a relationship that requires me to look out for somebody else, to look out for other people, uh, to take care of somebody else, to trust somebody else to take care of me. And boy, that was really rocky in the beginning. It took, it took a long time for us to get used to the idea that I am not uh, Carol Brady, Actually, she's not even a good example because she had a, a maid that pretty much did everything for her. And she just, I, I don't even know what she did. But anyways, um, let's see. June Cleaver, you know, dressed up, always looking perfect, perfect house, uh, you know, dinner on the table, newspaper ready for ward. And I was not ever going to be that time of, that type of wife. And he knew I was never going to be that type of wife. And I didn't know what kind of husband I wanted. I had literally no idea what to expect from a mate. And I think a lot of people go into marriages like that, even if they have marriages modeled in front of them. Because, you know, they say that you marry your mom or you marry your dad. And, and in some instances, I totally married my dad. And in other instances, he totally married his mom. But um, it's just like you throw these two people who have either no expectation or a specific expectation and you put them in this house and you're like, okay, live together, figure out how to do it. And that's what marriage is. You spend the first five years figuring out how to be with the person that you're in love with. And sometimes it feels like, oh my God, I am not even in love with him anymore because he can't put down the fucking toilet seat. I mean, I, I might have had those thoughts when I'm falling in at three o'clock in the morning between him and the, the two boys leaving the seat up. But you know what I mean? It's suddenly little things that you used to not even notice before or you even used to love before start driving you crackers. You don't even know how to deal with it. And that's when you start thinking, you know, oh, my God, what did I do? I mean, we got married, but what the fuck did I do? And then you get over that hump. 
you're like, eh, I could live with this. And you, you, ne- you negotiate, just like you negotiate with toddlers. You negotiate. Okay, so I can't stand when you do this. I, I understand that it's a habit of yours, but it drives me bonkers. Can we start trying to do this instead? And since I know that this thing that I do drives you nuts, I'm going to try and work on that too. Because I love you and I want to be with you despite our our craziness. And mind you, everybody's got a little bit of crazy. There's a little bit of insane, a little bit of weird in everybody you meet. Some people hide it very, very well. Others, not so much. But there's a little bit of crazy and weird in everybody. And you learn how to balance that. You know, they talk about relationships being a compromise. And it's such a compromise. It's so much give and take. And you have to explore empathy that, in a way that maybe you've never explored it before. Because you have to understand what your spouse is going through and you have to empathize. You have to say, oh, okay, I get this. All right, let me try to do something different because, uh, you know, your goal in life is to keep your spouse happy and your spouse's goal in life should be to keep you happy. Now, I won't even get into the uh, you can't depend on somebody else for your happiness because there's a point where your spouse is absolutely responsible for part of your happiness. Not all of it, mind you, but part of it. So that's where the compromise comes in. That's where you get over the hump and you realize that, okay, I'm willing to change some of my weird idiosyncrasies for the person that I love. And the person that you love is like, yeah, you know what? I can adjust to and I can let things go. And that's a hard thing in marriage is to um, pick your battles. It's just like you do with kids. You have to pick your battles. You have to find the things that are super important to you and let the little shit go right out the window. And don't bring it up six months later when he pisses you off because he wiped his greasy hands on the good guest towels which is really funny coming for me because I don't have any good towels. I have three kids. I'm, I'm lucky I even have towels that aren't shredded at this point. But anyways, you know, you can't be like, oh my God, you wiped your greasy hands. And when you put that plate in the sink, you didn't scrape it. So it's dry and I had to clean. You can't do that. You have to learn how to let stuff go. You can't change the past. You can only change the future. And you don't even have that much control over that either because karma is nuts and uh, it'll kick you in the teeth when you don't see it coming. But you learn to pick your battles and your spouse learns to pick their battles because you can't just go on in life saying, you know, okay, I am so grossed out by this that I can't even look at you anymore. And then you're stuck in a marriage where there's no love. You convinced yourself at some point in time you were in love, but you weren't. I don't know if you were in lust or if you were infatuated or if you were just horny. I I, I don't know what it is, but you've convinced yourself that you're in love with this person, but you want to nitpick every single little thing that they do. And that's not love. 
I mean, you can't change a person. They are who they are. And I always say, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Because you'll get glimpses. You know, everybody puts on the brave face and everybody does, um, you know, my life is so good. My kids are so wonderful. Blah, 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 blah. It's all Facebook bullshit. And before Facebook, we did that shit out in public too. We all were happy and we talked about the happy things we were doing and how life is all sunshine and roses. And I got a unicorn in my backyard. I don't even need to mow my grass anymore. You know, you, and it's bullshit. But once you're with somebody long enough, you will get a glimpse into who they really are. And you should get that glimpse into who they really are before you marry them. Because if you can't live with part of a person and who they are at the core of their being, don't marry them. Because that's just going to end a divorce. And divorce is messy and ugly and painful. Even if you don't have kids, admitting that you failed at something is horrible. I mean... I don't like to fail. Oh my God, but I fail all over the place and I usually fail out loud and in public. But it's painful when I fail, especially on the big things. You got to get to know your spouse. You've got to get to know your significant other before you enter into that relationship. And if he knocks you upside the head once while you're dating, run like the wind bullseye because he's going to do it again. You cannot make a tiger change his stripes. Pay attention. You know, I knew all of my husband's weird idiosyncrasies before we got married. And, you know, and there's some things that you can mold your husband to do, like helping around the house or whatever. But you can't change the core of who they are. You can't change what's in their heart, what they have been their entire lives. You can't change that. And too many times... I see marriages ending in two or three years because, oh my God, I didn't know that about them before I married them. You know, and don't get me wrong, sometimes shit like that works out and it's fantastic. I have a friend that's been married, I don't know, I think 28 years this year. And I think they got married six months after they met. Now, it hasn't always been pretty, but they make it work. They find what works for them because they bend and they give and they compromise and they call their friends and vent about the stupid shit that their spouse does instead of nitpicking every single little teeny tiny thing to drive everybody insane. So I guess what I'm saying here is you're going to have some big things that will crop up in your marriage. Things that are fixable if both parties are willing to work together on them. You're going to have a lot of small shit, and the small shit you have to learn to pick and choose because some of it is just not worth it. I mean, we've had knockdown dragouts over some of the dumbest crap in the last 22 years. It's insane. And I sit, back, I sit down now and I'm like, oh my God, why was I even mad about that? Well, because I was young and I didn't know what marriage was. And I learned and I talked to other married people. I saw other married people. And then I figured out what worked for me. Now, it hasn't worked for me 100% of the time. And it hasn't worked for him 100% of the time. You know, sometimes he feels like he's taken for granted and underappreciated. And sometimes I feel overworked and invisible. 
but those are things that happen. And when we talk about them eventually, we work that out. You know, I say, I'm so sorry that you felt that way. I didn't mean for it to be like that. Here's what I meant to do. And here's what I will try to do from here on out. And, you know, he'll do the same thing. He'll be like, I am so sorry. I know that you work hard and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we work shit out. Now, you know, there's there's domestic violence and domestic violence comes in many forms as verbal and physical and gaslighting and it's all a nightmare. And that's something that it's there before you get married. It's there in the early part of the dating because you can listen to how they talk about people they know or how they talk about their family or how they talk about their previous significant others. And this is when you have to take the time to stop and think and say, okay, I've got to take my rose colored glasses off. He's a hunk. I like his ass. His belly is banging. He's got pecs. I could bounce a quarter off of, but he said that Susie was a psycho and she peed in his shoes when he didn't come home and she's mentally unstable and, Everybody tries to make themselves look better than their ex because they know at some point in time you're probably going to run into an ex and, and they want you to believe that they're the sane one. So you got to take off those rose-colored glasses and you have to stop and think. You have to say, okay, is this real? And then have more conversations and, and pay attention when people are talking to you. You know, don't just think about the blowjob or the sex or whatever. You have to think about the quality of the person. Because quite frankly, not every man or woman out there is marriage material. Not every man or woman out there is somebody that is looking to settle down and make somebody feel good about themselves. They want to settle down so that somebody can take care of them do everything for them and make them feel good about themselves. They could give it a rat's ass how you feel. And I see it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I see it over and over and over again. Uh, women get into relationship with these men because they wind them and dine them and, and all of the other baloney. And then they're like, well, I'm stuck sitting at home and he's out with his buddies because he works all day and all I do is stay home with the kids. Fuck that all I do shit because that is harder than any other 40 hour, 80 hour, 120 an hour a week job on the planet. You deserve to be taken care of as much as your partner deserves to be taken care of. Wedding, weddings, marriages are partnerships. They are two-sided. It's a swinging fucking door. It's not a one-way door where your spouse can shut it and lock it and you're fucked if you don't do what they want They want you to do. That's not how marriage works, you know? And a lot of guys are like, well, I don't want to go to counseling. Even a lot of women are like, I don't want to go to counseling. And they're afraid that the counselor's going to look at them and be like, you are so fucking up. It's your fault that this is... Because nobody wants to take the blame when a marriage goes bad. And usually it's one person started the marriage sliding down the slope and the other person fed the flames. 
there's always mutualness in there after one or the other began the slide, began the, the trek downhill. I mean, nobody wants to take responsibility for when stuff goes wrong. That's why we have the scapegoat in every single situation in our lives. But you've got to own your own responsibility in what happened. And you've got to take that and decide what needs to be changed and, and what can stay the same before you move on with your life. You know, and if your spouse isn't willing to change and you're not willing to change, it's time to get out because there's not love there. You might think you're in love, but no, you're clinging because you're comfortable. You're afraid of the future. You know, it's just not, it's not a healthy environment for either one of you and neither one of you will ever be happy because you can't just be happy on your own when you're married. That's not how it works. Marriage is sacrifice, but it's sacrifice from both sides of the fence. All in all, any relationship is like this, but once you sign that piece of paper, for some reason, it makes your relationship change. But marriage can be so wonderful. It gives you a partner in life to share everything with, every triumph, every trial. It gives you someone to lean on. It produces so much love that your heart could burst. It's incredible when you find the person you're meant to be with because then all of the bullshit is just that. It's bullshit. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Of course, this is sponsored by me, the ADHD quilter, because I'm so tiny and nobody knows I exist. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to check out my blog at mordantmatriarch.blogspot.com.